This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey there, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy, and I'm joined again by my friend Kevin. Say hi to the people, Kevin. How are we all doing today? Doing pretty good, I'm hoping. And uh, we got a show for you here today. We were talking about some stuff, and I said, Kevin, got to get you back on the show. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, I've just got a little bit of opening uh, paperwork and uh, spring cleaning to take care of. First of all, I want to remind you to make sure you give us ratings uh, on wherever you listen. Ratings always help. It's not a, a problem to have ratings. It's a great, great thing. So if you could give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcatcher, that would be outstanding. If you want to follow us on social media, we love that. Social media is super boring without social. I went and checked our, our Reddit this week, and no one had been on this week, and I was just like writing stuff into nothing. It was, it, it was very, uh, well, it was sad. So your, your bow tie guy was very, very sad this week when he went to Reddit, and there was nothing to respond to or no one responding to my stuff. So check us out on Reddit. It's Messed Up Ministries is the subreddit on that. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, all those kind of things as well. So give us a like and a follow and tell your friends about it. Talking up the show is one of the best things you can do for us to get new listeners. Just tell people, hey, I, I heard this podcast. I really want you to listen to it. And uh, let's go to coffee and we'll listen to it on the way. So you can listen to it with them. Uh, and that'll, that'll do. We've been doing really good numbers uh, the last few weeks on our plays. So uh, somebody's been telling somebody. So whoever you are, thank you. Keep on keeping on. Uh, and we hope that those numbers stay, uh, stay high and keep on growing because it's nice to get to new audiences. Uh, if you really want to be an up-and-comer and a go-getter on helping out the show, you can be what we call a patron. And a patron is a person who financially helps to support the show through the Patreon platform. So you can go to MessItUpPodcast.com, click on the Become a Patron button, choose your level of giving that you want to do. It's a monthly gift. As little as a dollar a month can really help out the ministry. And what that does is it helps to provide money for supplies for our prison ministries, for folks to go drive back and forth, get them some gas money, and Bibles, and papers, and pencils, and folders, and Bible studies, and all that kind of stuff that we do in the prison, uh, we have to provide for them. So that's where your money is going. It also helps to keep this show on the air by paying for the bandwidth and the website and all those costs associated with putting a show on the air. So I really thank our Patreon members. For those uh, power washers that go up to $25 a month, you get to join our book club. So uh, that's been pretty fun and exciting. So I welcome anybody who wants to either up your, your current giving up to the $25 level to get into that book club or start off at $25, see what it's all about. You can always change it anytime you want. So um, that's good. And if you don't want it, you just want to listen for free, that's why we're here. We're listening for free is always accepted. So uh, thank you for all that. We have this week a, a word of the week. And uh, our big word of the week this week is kind of a fun one and it is devolve and devolve is kind of like if you think about it as the opposite of evolve it's you know things breaking down um, and I always think about my you know a, a conversation devolving into something um, else uh, because oh we're getting a picture being taken right now boom that's nice I forgot to do that uh, thank you um, 
so if, if something devolves, it's, it's going to transfer or delegate power to a lower level. Um, and it says especially in government, but I, I think about, you know, I always think about conversations uh, devolving into something, <laughs> just kind of spiraling down into the lowest common denominator. <laughs> Hopefully, that is not what this show is doing for you right now. Hopefully, we're not devolving into anything. Hopefully, we are just doing our thing and uh, bringing some light. So anyhow, uh, that's what we got for today. Uh, on with the show, as they say. This week, I was talking with Kevin. We were doing uh, a Bible study, and he brought up a comment to me, and I was like, wow. And normally, when I do a Bible study, I try to pay attention. I try to be present. I try to have my electronics turned off. I try not to be writing and doing all this other kind of nonsense because I don't like when people do that to me. But Kevin said something, and it made me pull out my phone and start writing. And I was like, I can't forget this. i got to remember this uh, concept. Kevin, uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, but you brought up this concept, and can you just tell them briefly the concept you brought up that uh, spun my wagon? <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was rather enjoying watching you dig through a desk for a pen or paper or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting through the secretary's <laughs> desk at church trying to find something that I can um, borrow. Uh, we were talking about kind of doing, you know, just taking notes throughout the day so you can remember them or to help work through things. And, and for me, I use it to kind of work through the anger at first, just make myself stop and think. And, and I, I apologize, I don't remember which reference it was, but one of the references when Jesus was in the temple and throwing the money changers and all the bad people out, it referenced him sitting down and weaving a whip before he acted. And uh, it's something I learned going through um, uh, an anger management thing with one of the pastors here. It was in the book, and 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 it really stuck with me. Yeah, it's it, I, and I, you know, I've read the Bible before a number of times, and that I I never remember reading that, and it's such an interesting idea because you didn't have a whip. They just you. Know, I remember when I was a kid, one of my favorite things was looking through the Bible, look at the pictures that they had in my children's Bible, and one of them was Jesus tearing through Indiana Jones style, kicking things over and uh, knocking heads in the temple. And I thought, oh, this is cool. It's all action stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing him, you know, with that whip and the tables flying. But it never occurred to me, where would this guy have a whip? Why would this guy have a whip? He's walking everywhere. Um, so, yeah, and I, I've never made a whip. No. But I've made things. And anytime I make something, my daughter, hi, Heather, will always laugh at me when I tell her how long it's going to take. She'll say, oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to do this and this and this. And I think it's going to take about that. And she says, okay, double it. And she's almost always right. It really, really frustrates me because I'm like, no, I've got this nailed this time. I know. And it, she's just always right. Double the time. Nothing is fast. No. Uh, except for the money going through my bank account is the only thing that seems to go fast. Uh, so he had to take some time. Yeah to do this yes and, and and granted this is you know i i call it winterford theology like that was him sitting down contemplating his actions thinking things through yeah you know for him he wasn't having to worry so much about keeping it sinless but what was going to be most effective mm -hmm. what was going to have the most impact on these people to get this lesson this message through and sitting down and weaving a whip, I would imagine, gave him more than sufficient time to 
worked out out loud and we have a great uh, lesson because of it. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, what were these guys, I mean, did, did they know that he's doing this and are, are you thinking, okay, what's gonna happen now? And just him doing it, that's like a, the ultimate counting to 10. But he, like you said, he, he knew he wasn't gonna sin in what he was doing. And if it were me, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, whip, and it's not my fingers, it's whipping my hand, let's go cause a ruckus. But he didn't do that. Uh, just the, the wisdom to take the time, even though he could have. And, yeah. and how many times in his life did he do that, where he, he could have taken the God route, but he went ahead and stayed human to you know, do that pattern? <laughs> I don't want to name drop, but I think that's one of my favorite things about The Chosen is they really focus on the humanity of Jesus and the fact that he, as you said, there's so many things he could have done and just called down the angels and it would have been a done deal. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he was here for. Right, right. And and he, he made the whip and did what he did, and we, we know that that part. And I I think in men's, my experience in men's, Bible studies, that's one of the things that gets called on a lot is this idea of Jesus busting heads and, and going in and, and, you know, standing up for what's right and, and whatnot. And it, it gets used so often as um, a verse to legitimize anger, to legitimize acting out in anger, to legitimize, you know, righteous indignation. I I swear if I go to another men's study and they talk about righteous indignation, I'm going to righteously indignate somebody. Uh, but that's, that's what I've always seen with this is like, look, men can go in there and we can flex our muscle. Yeah. But it, I, I've never heard the focus on the thought beforehand, the, the time. Well, and, and this study I went through, um, for anyone who's interested, the book was called Uprooting Anger. Uprooting Anger. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the author by any chance? I apologize, I don't. That's okay. Um, the focus was on the before. We all get angry. And, and I'm sure we've all heard it before that there's nothing inherently wrong with being angry. It's what we do with that is where we run into problems. And they, they touched on righteous anger. You know, because especially... Yeah, okay. Especially in... Um, you know, Christian men, we love to, um, you know, get a, 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 a thorn in the saddle. Mm-hmm. We love it. But more often than not, what we consider righteous anger is nothing more than perceived Oh, it's, it's, it's my hissy fit, like 99.9% yeah. of the time, for sure. And, you know, really walking away from that study, the two biggest things I had learned was to stop and mentally weave my whip Mm. and to try to remember to look at the situation the way that God would. Yeah. Uh, The book, by the way, I looked it up and uh, Kevin confirmed I was looking at the right one. It's by Robert D. Jones, uh, Uprooting Anger. Uh, So let's kind of roll backwards just a little bit here on this. So we know Jesus taking the time. Uh, where has this been missing in your life? Where, where was a time where you didn't take the time 
to weave that whip. You just <laughs> grabbed the nearest whip you could find. Uh, and that's me presuming you've see, done this. I'm, I'm 38 now, so 37 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, in all honesty, it's really been in the past year that I've really been able to get a lot of that under control. Um, I know my mid to late teens, my 20s, I was extremely volatile. I didn't think it through. And if I got angry, I got violent and it was time to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, I do find I still get angry. But I find myself thinking it through. I'm like, why am I angry? Mm-hmm. Like, and almost always, I wind up talking myself down because it doesn't matter. Yeah. I know that there's been times for me, uh, as a parent, has been probably the most often where I've done that kind of a thing, where I, was, I didn't take the proper time before I reacted. I've done it with my wife. And as a kid, I did it some, but I think if I was going to say what area was the most common or expected for that to happen, it would be in dealing with my kids when they were younger. And I can remember uh, a specific time where I was, uh, you know, there was a, a curfew had been set and curfew was not met and I was mad. And it turned out that you know, there was problems with a car and it was a legitimate breaking of curfew. It was not anything that could have been known. Everybody was trying to do everything the right way and the car just wouldn't respond properly so they couldn't get home on time. And I was mad and I didn't take the time to check that out. And, and it really made me step back because I thought, okay, well, if, if I was acting like this and there would have been a problem and the last thing on their phone message is dad, you know, ranting and raving and now they're in a hospital room somewhere because there's been an accident. I don't want that. And it really made me understand I need to stop a little bit. I need to slow down. I need to think about what's going on with you know, the situation mm-hmm. before I just vent whatever feeling that I'm having. Because when I erupt like that, that's just me expressing myself in a way that is uncontrolled. It's just it's lazy on my part. It's just me wanting well. to you know, get rid of some adrenaline. Let me pose this question. How much of that anger in that situation was out of a place of fear because you didn't know why they weren't home? No, it was a fear because I did know why they weren't home and I was writing a bad story. Okay. Yeah. Because that was kind of another thing is fear is almost always a secondary emotion. I mean, anger is almost a sec, uh, almost always a secondary emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, when I snap and get angry at my, my boys, they're pretty young still. The oldest is only seven. It's generally out of fear because I see what's about to happen. I see them getting hurt, and I get mad and start yelling <laughs> to make it stop. Right. It's not because I'm mad at them so much. It's just I see the bad about to happen. Right. And, you know, and that's one thing that was kind of eye-opening for me as well. Is generally, if you just stop and think about it, you'll find the reason why you're mad. Then you can actually address the root cause. So, right. uprooting. So. Right. And, and it kind of brings us, I mean, last week we, we had a song. Uh, our song was Even at My Worst. This week is God Really Loves Us. And I think that even though we do these things, and I think that the, re- 
that God did make that whip was because he did love us. So Kevin brought a song with him. This is Crowder. Uh, God really loves us. So we're going to give you about 90 seconds of that. And we'll be back on the other side to talk about the song and to talk about how we can weave our own whips. So here you go with 90 seconds of Crowder. Hallelujah. We are not. Kevin and I, we cannot get enough Crowder. And uh, I, you know, one of my new faves too is Maverick City. And so that's Dante Bo singing in that whilst um, we're listening. And uh, just, I mean, come on. Uh, what, what, what did you like on this one, Kev? For me, it's really that, that second verse. Uh, his mercy is enough. His grace is sufficient. So if you're needing forgiveness or healing, his mercy is enough. Uh, I mean, that's kind of been the story of my life this past year of, you know, starting at RCA and getting my life turned around and getting myself put back on on track. And to be able to have that and know that it's there and and going through the 12 steps it it reinforces it all so for me it's all about that and and also that first part is we are not alone in the chorus yeah yeah and for me it was like line one i've got a friend boom okay you got me i'm listening (laughs) you got a friend i mean when i have a friend i know i've got someone who's going to go through it with me it's not i've got an acquaintance I've got a date for coffee. I've got a friend. And, and that's what we have. And so often it's easy for me to forget the humanity of Christ and the friendship, the companionship, the solitude or solace that he brings to me, just the healing, the knowing that somebody's there. Uh, and, and I love that. And, and, you know, in the middle of that verse, he goes on, he says, he's my strength. Well, all right then. There we go. Uh, my strength. So, so I don't need any strength. I can be weak because he's going to be strong for me. And uh, it's just right there. We don't need to be strong because Christ is our strength. What do you think about that? Boom. Drop the mic, Kev. 
<laughs> That's another conversation Kevin and I are having. We'll have that on another show. Um, but, uh, th- yeah, it's, I mean, if you don't like Crowder, look in the mirror and just ask yourself, why? What is, what is wrong yeah, with you? That, that is some serious soul searching at that yeah, point. Yeah, because, I mean, come on. That was just, it, it's outstanding. Every time, outstanding. Uh, so, Kevin, this whip thing. Uh, you mentioned the idea of mentally weaving your whip. Mm-hmm. Walk us through that. What What do you do? What I mean, is it just something as simple as counting, or or what are you doing? No, no for me, it, it, I step back and look at it. Like, okay, when I feel, <laughs> and it's hard because I'm not always good about it. But when I when I am, it's just okay. What's going on? Why am I mad? Mm-hmm. And kind of taking a mental inventory and looking at everything and finding out, is, 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 do I actually have a reason to be mad? Oh, okay, I do? Oh, okay. Now, what's the best route of action? You know, but really stopping and slowing myself down so I'm not acting out of reaction. Mm-hmm. I'm acting out of thought out um, <laughs> Uh, methods. Right, right, right. There's, it's, it's not just coming off of, of a reaction, like you said. You're, you're responding. Yeah. Not reacting. Yeah, and for me, that's the thing that's important. I always uh, try to remember to tell people and tell myself when they're in a time of a trouble or, or something that's frustrating or angering. My sponsor always tells me, Paul, sit back and fourth step this. All right, what's in your first column? All right, what's in your second column? What's in your third column? What's your fourth column? All right, Paul, what's in that fifth column? What's your role in this? And so often that just releases me from the, the anger, the resentment, the whatever it is that I'm feeling. It allows me to gain the perspective that I need to have because perspective is everything. And Unfortunately, you know, the truth is the truth. I don't have a problem with that. But I also know that people's reality and perspective, that's going to be their truth. That's the way they're going to see it because they're seeing it with this set of data. Yeah. And so they've made perhaps some uh, judgment calls or some circumspections about whatever. And they say, well, all right, this is what has to be. Uh, I had that last week where a person looked at a situation, they looked at the data was there, and the way that the data played out when they got their answer out of the little you know, answer box on the computer was that I had done something. Well, I hadn't been around to do that, something that whatever got done to that person also got done to me. I was as much of a victim, but they thought that because of my role, Uh, my title, I was more responsible for something than I really was. And that's a difficult thing to get past because I could see the difference. And I knew what the the Mm -hmm. truth truth was, but I also know that for that person, their perspective gave them this other truth. And that's what they were operating on and that's what they were reacting to. And um, I don't know if that still has been, been fixed for them because oftentimes when I'm presented with a different reality. I'm not ready to accept it. I'm like, oh, eh, whatever. I don't care. Uh, and and I do it so often with. Uh, 
I mean, for me, with a sports team, you know, I'll boo some guy that's horrible and, oh, you're a bum, you can't play or whatever. And then he gets traded to my team. He's like, yeah, let me go buy his jersey. This guy's actually pretty good. I've just been – it's just that perspective switch mm-hmm. uh, that, that makes a difference for me. The old, the old saying, his side, her side, and the truth. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I lived it when I worked on the ambulance. Uh, WebMD had just kind of – was just starting to be a thing. And working on the ambulance, I hated it. Because people would get on there and look at their symptoms, and then they're trying to convince me that they have the world's second most rare disease that you can only get in Timbuktu. Right. And it's because they miss five other symptoms that mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily associate. Right. You know, so they're leaving out vital parts mm-hmm. of the equation. Yeah, and when we leave out those vital parts, it gives you a different answer. Mm-hmm. You know, three plus two is five. Three plus two plus one is six. And if we leave, we leave one of those out, we won't get the right answer. And it, it makes a difference when we're trying to deal with people to have that. So it's, it's good to sit down and, and mentally weave that whip. I, I think for me, um, I think people can tell when I'm weaving a whip because I'll, I'll take some deep breaths. I try to calm my breathing a little bit and just kind of... Give it one of those kind of things. Um, the people at Starbucks tell me they could, you know, they, they didn't use the language they could tell I was weaving a whip, but they could tell that I had been weaving whips when they could see my hair was messy. Because so I would run my fingers through my hair and kind of pull my hair a little bit to try <laughs> to focus. And, and I knew, it, it's so funny because people, will, I've heard it said, and I've probably said it too, oh, I couldn't help myself, I just lost my temper. And I find that I can help myself because when I was at Starbucks, I didn't erupt on customers. I didn't explode. I didn't get rude with them. I just had all kinds of patience. Uh, with my father-in-law visiting, I'm, I'm super patient with him. When my mother-in-law was around, I was patient with her more than anybody else on the planet. She could do no wrong with me. My own mother, you know, she sneezes. I'm like, why did you sneeze? I'm in the car. I, you know, I'm just so quick to anger on that when I completely forget James and just go to the book of Paul, which says erupt whenever possible. And, uh, you know, that idea of, of weaving that whip and being, that was purposeful, you know. And like you said, it, it gave us a message. Uh, so, you know, it, it was intentional that he did that. And if Christ does something intentional to teach me something, I'm hard-pressed to find the wrong in it. And you'd be a fool not to listen. Yes, yes. You know, it's, and what I found is more often than not, if you're weaving that whip and looking at why you're angry, you really don't have a reason to be angry. All right, I'm going to stop right there and push pause because that is one of the things that just frustrates the socks off me when I realize how dumb I'm being by being angry about something. And I'm just like, really? This is what this was all about? And then trying to get my kettle to, to simmer down after that is so tricky. And I know I'm dead wrong. And I've had conversations with people before. I was like, look, I know that I'm wrong, but I'm still mad right now for no good reason. I've just got to let this adrenaline flush yeah. out for a while because now, I, I know I'm wrong. I didn't say it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, you know, more often than not. There's really no reason to be mad. And 
you know, and then kind of along your line is you kind of feel foolish. Like, I don't know why I let myself get to this level. But I also understand with kind of what you're saying. Family can push your buttons unlike any other person on this earth. I've never been more mad than I have been with my own family. Mm-hmm. And yet, as you kind of pointed out, is I can also be more vicious with my family than anyone else. Right. You know, I make a living working with special needs kids. I have patience <laughs> more than I thought I had. <laughs> I love my kids. But, you know, my mom looks at me sideways. I'm coming on glued and it, it's full bore. We're fighting. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, and, you know, and then I've got my kids that I work with. They can sit and beat on me all day and I'm just happy and smiling and playing, <laughs> you know. And so I get it. And and so and I think that kind of boils to what we were talking about a little bit earlier is perspective. Yeah. You know, it's the kids are a, a much different situation than my mother mm-hmm. or than anyone else in my family. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think it's important. It's important to have those tools ready to do and. For me, I need to have a couple because sometimes just sitting down and four-stepping something is just going to make me frustrated. Sometimes a Bible verse is just going to make me frustrated. Sometimes uh, singing a song is just going to make me frustrated. But other times those will work. And so having a variety of options, a variety of weaves, I guess, uh, on that, that whip is probably a critical element as well. And just being willing. You know, with all the tools we have, it's it's being willing to do it when the time comes and, and make it happen. I, I've got this gate that I've been trying to make for a week for a guy. It should have taken me about four hours total time, and I, I'm working on it now for the fifth day because I just don't want to get out there in the heat again and do it. But I know, I mean, it's Ridgecrest. It's going to get nothing but hotter. You know, I mean, we're, we're coming up here, and it's 115 today or something, but it's going to be 117 tomorrow. and like. All right, and, well, what are you waiting for, buddy? And <laughs> humid. It, yeah, you, I got to get out there and, and do it. And, and I've got to be willing to make these whips, too, instead of just jumping into the fray. So uh, it's a good, uh, a good message, a good reminder, good, good lesson to learn. So thanks for, uh, for reading that book at one point and uh, bringing it to our attention. Appreciate it. It was fun. Uh, if you uh, if you got anything to say about this topic or any other topics, I don't know why I moved my microphone out of the way. I, I, I guess I wanted to see my computer. Uh, if you've got anything to say about this topic or others, you can email me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can email intern Dave out in Hawaii at info at messituppodcast.com and he'll sift through those things and let me know the things I need to respond to. We love to have your ideas for shows, for songs of the week, for big words of the week, anything like that that you want to let us know, just pass it along through the email. Don't forget to follow us on social media. If you want to become a patron, it's just as easy as going to messituppodcast.com. Click on Become a Patron and uh, follow the steps there. We really appreciate all of you people who are financially supporting us and keeping it uh, so, making it so that we can keep this show on the air and do the things that we do. Kevin, thank you for your time. Appreciate that a lot. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Boom. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info 
at MessItUpPodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Yeah.